0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. Flow Track Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Write in with your questions, your comments, your submissions for Guest My PR or Internet Coach. We want to see them. Speaking of which, we're going to Internet Coach at the end of the show today. That's where Gordon and I give only the best advice to help you reach your running goals. Prefontaine Classic Preview Part Two. Meet starts tonight, Gordon. Weather not great for sprinting, weather pretty good or distance running on Friday night, it looks.
1: What did you learn about the weather?
0: Well, usually we leave weather to Colt, but since I didn't prep him for this, I will be the weather guy on this segment. Tonight, which is the distance night, low 60s into the high 50s, low chance of precipitation, low winds. But then tomorrow, Gordon, tomorrow the high is 60, and rain is in the forecast pretty much the whole day with 16, 15 mile an hour winds. I mean, the weather this season and all these track meets has been bizarre. And I know Eugene can be variable as well, but you thought with the good fields assembled, this would be the meet where things would really get going. But they've moved some of the field events from Saturday to Friday to avoid weather issues. So the pole vault is moved to Friday, the discus, the high jump, like they're actually concerned um about this weather and for sprinting that's not the best you'd want to see temps much warmer.
1: Yeah I'm looking at this rain all day on Saturday
2: from 7 a.m yeah. all the way to eleven PM
0: And I've not been to a good. pre-classic before where there's rain all day. I, I mean but short term you're talking about world record temps and USA ten thousand meter championships high fifties low sixties is is pretty good. So I, I think they would they would take that or the, the distance races on Friday, but Saturday it could get a a bit rough. A couple of announcements before we get going. We're going to do the Prefontaine Classic Recap Pod Saturday, tomorrow, 5 p.m. Central. Gordon will not be there for that one. Actually, are you going to call in from your, your trip? We'll see. We'll see. Okay. It might just be me straight to camera looking like this the entire time, one-shot style. Just me and Colt. Battling back and forth. Colt might need to get his mic ready for that one. Because I did 30 minutes, but if we're going any longer than that, I might need some help from I'll be prepared.
2: I'll be ready. Okay, good.
0: You're going to watch the meet, Colt?
2: Can't promise that, but I'll be ready. Okay,
0: well, (laughs) you'll be as prepared as Gordon then. Usually is. So that's good. Oh, Uh, hey, 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 hey. Oh. Hey. And then Monday, Memorial Day, we won't have a pod Monday, but we'll do it on Tuesday. So next week's schedule will be Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Anything I missed or anything you want to plug, Gordon, before we start?
2: I have a new album dropping. No, I'm just kidding. I have nothing else I want to plug.
0: (laughs) Check out your SoundCloud.
2: Yeah. Check it out. Follow me. GordonMacBeats at music.com. Good stuff.
0: (laughs) Music.com is my favorite place to get music. Okay. Let's start first with some updates. Some of the people. that We talked about scratching. Last week, or sorry, not last week. When was that? Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, Matthew Sentchwitz posted on Instagram that he had knee surgery yesterday. He's going to be out for three months, so he will not compete this season. Uh, will not make a U.S. team. That'll be the first time he's made every single team since 2011. So a very impressive streak for Matthew Sentchwitz making every outdoor team. I said he tried to put off surgery gordon for like six plus months um he had a tear in his meniscus but then they were worried that it also could be the acl so they decided just to go ahead with the surgery and the end result now is uh centro is out for 2022.
2: so obviously we hope for a full recovery um he gets back to as best a shape he can but do you Think that this setback, which is a big one, you, you lose out in an entire year, um, mm-hmm. could be the catalyst to be the, the changing of the guard. From, I mean, mm-hmm. we felt like we had it a little bit when Hawker beat Centro, but Centro still finished top three. But mm-hmm. do you think this might be the change of the guard of Centro making every team? Like,
0: what are the chances you see him making the 2023 team? I think he's still got a shot because when it comes to injuries, it sucks to have surgery, it sucks to tear stuff in your knee, but to be the silver linings guy here, it it could have been worse, right? Nagging hamstring stuff, Achilles tendon stuff, like that, I think, depending on severity, would be more problematic. We see athletes come back from meniscus, from ligament damage, All the time, and especially in sports that require lateral movement, a lot of explosion. So, for a mid distance runner, I think he can get back. The other part of it is who's going to take his spot? You mentioned Hawker. Yeah, he's going to be as good as ever. Potentially, tier if he decides on the 15, he's going to be as good as ever. But who else out there do you feel really good about for 2023 in the 1500? Cause there's a lot of guys, they may not be as old as Centro, but they're guys who we've probably already seen their peak and he already knows what their peak is. So you're really talking about a new person popping up. And the third part of this is he's never had to come back from this sort of thing, right? As I, I mean, he's had injuries before, but he made 11, 12, 13, 15, 16, 17, then 19 and 21. He made all those teams, that's eight teams in a row. Um, so this presents a new challenge to him and i don't i'm not 100 percent sure how he's gonna react but i just i feel like he's the type of guy who's gonna get motivated because of this he's gonna get motivated because people are counting him out and they don't think he can do it and i think he can come back and run 334 again and that is probably going to be good enough next year
2: yeah i mean the dynamic will be different there'll be new guys that come up whoever are the top three this year are going to look differently going into 2023 than they do right now because yeah once you make a team, you, you just, it's like, you know, once you make the NBA finals, then everyone believes you can make the NBA finals. So mm-hmm. once you make a U.S. team, then they believe you can do it again. So, mm-hmm. um, well, best wishes. Hopefully he heals up quickly and it goes smooth. And, um, yeah. You're more pessimistic. One of the greatest, I I if not like- the greatest, 1500-meter U.S. men of all time. And uh, hopefully this isn't. How it ends. So, you want him to have a good final season. So, not one on the operating table, one running around the track. Yeah.
0: But you were already, you were a little more pessimistic than I was even before we got this news. I have a feeling you were less sure that he's going to be able to come back.
2: Well, I just look at age and the 1500 is not really kind. Leo Manzano was doing what Central was doing. He was making every team, and then all of a sudden it was over. It just happened. Yeah. I think Nick Willis is a aberration with his age and being able to be good at the 1,500. Plus, Nick Willis never had to make teams. He just had to run a
1: fast time. So,
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. And again, surgery is never is never good. But I just look at the track record of some other athletes and their ability to get back from this. We don't know the exact specifics of the type of injury. And I think there's... There's a glimmer of, a uh, glimmer of hope there for him. I mean, what's the alternative? It's like, he was out for the year just cause he had something nagging. Like it, at least, you know, you've diagnosed the problem. You figured out what it is and you can do it and like move forward yeah. with it. It's definite. Yeah. Maybe cause I tore my meniscus and I had surgery, Gordon. And some say I'm podcasting better than ever since that, that was some 2012. Percent. I mean, I was early in my podcasting career. I was only two years into my podcasting career. Now, I've gone 10 plus years with my left meniscus being surgically repaired. And can you tell? Would, would, you, would you know? You look like oh. a. Exactly. You saw me out there yesterday. We went out to a track yesterday to do some undisclosed video. We Actually, did. that was not, not a good showing from a meniscus. Yeah, you burnt. Well, I'm not going to give away the video, but uh, uh, let's just say, Gordon, even with a broken shoulder, I think, my, I, think I
2: might have torn my meniscus in that video, for the record. Okay, that has been hurting last night. So.
0: So, one last thing I'm on this, because he mentions he mentions about putting surgery off. I can definitely relate to that because some you don't know. There's so many different ways to handle it. Sometimes you can go in and shave shave a portion of it off. Sometimes people t- take the whole thing out. ACL it gets a little bit more serious, obviously, but some people just try to let it heal. So. That probably was a difficult process and I could totally him seeing see him trying to figure out what's the best way to manage this. I want to try to make the team this year at a home world championships. I don't want to have to do surgery and then just seeing like, okay, it's just not going to happen. So let's just go in, clean it up, get it over with and move forward. And it makes sense now why we haven't really heard much from him or he hasn't raced. Yep. All that has now come into focus. All right, let's move on. Um, let's talk about the event that he was scheduled to compete in. Let's talk about the Bowerman Mile, uh, which is one of the featured events on Saturday. Weather could be bad, but you still got a lot of the best in the world. Ingebrigtsen, Chariot, Kipsang, Poor tier Hawker. I want to talk about Colin Solomon, the high schooler, in a second uh, as well. But who's your who's your pick to win? How many people do you think can win this race, I tend to see it as being between one of three guys in Britson chariot and Kip Sang, who's riding the hot hand right now. What do you think
1: yeah, i
2: mean it's those are the, that's the big three uh it used to be a big two, but Kip Sang, the way he's been running has joined the has has been given um what's the word uh I don't know what the word is, but he earned his- his name being a, in line with Inga Britson and chariot. Um, so those are the big three, but I just have a feeling that's not going to be the top three finishers. I think there's going to be someone who breaks up that big three. I'm not sure who's the one that finishes fourth or fifth of those Mm -hmm. three, but I do think someone on this list will find a way to sneak into a third place finish. And, you know, I think that's going to be the story that comes out, whether it's a Cooper tier doing it, whether it's a Hawker doing it and be like, Hey, I'm back. Whether it's, you know a Oliver whore be like hey guys don't forget about me uh Mm -hmm. you know so there's just gonna be different such i can see a situation where there's just one of those wild card
0: type guys who find a way to break up those top three well i like the fact that the top three are so highly motivated because you got Britson losing world indoors you have kip sang who is trying to say i'm a legitimate top two guy. I'm gonna break this group up. I'm gonna crash the party. And he's done well his last couple of races. He's proven he hey, he might be the best guy right now in the 15. And then you have Cherry, who got beat by Ingerbutsen last year, and then avenged that loss at the Diamond League final. And then this year he loses to Kip Sang in the Diamond League. So they're all like have reasons to really get up for this race, which what is what makes me excited about it. Also, I mean, all three of them are capable and really desire that quick pace. They're going to want to push it. They're going to want to get after it. So I think we're going to see something, weather permitting, something pretty special here between this group. And I think it's great that we have three of the top four. I mean, three of the top five, I guess you could say. I mean, you'd love to have Kerr there and Teferra there. But this is, this is a big group of the best guys in the world who are all motivated. I think I'm going to stick with the hot hand, though i think i'm going kip sang again
1: yeah
2: i mean that's who i would go with um it's kind of
0: weird because i was yeah, you'd like
2: to remind me i said Jakob and not gonna lose another race for like the next 10 years but i never <laughs> specified which distance so i think i might just turn him into 5K. 5k runner it's 5k he He's won a 5K runner now.
0: he ran that one in california that's his only outdoor race it. this year exactly wow. See gonna be undefeated in the 5k Um, Keep saying he's just so sharp this year, though. Let's talk about Tier and Hawker, though. You want to talk about Tier and Hawker? How do you – what do you – what's a realistic goal for those two and who do you think has the edge?
1: I mean, Cooper Tier has been running better than Hawker. I have a feeling Cooper Tier is going to beat Hawker.
2: I think just Cooper Tier is a better runner than Cole Hawker. Like, I think he doesn't lose to him. Like, the only reason – Maybe if Cooper tier was in that 1500 Centro is finishing third. Maybe that happens, right? Maybe it goes Cooper, Hawker, Centro at the Olympic trials. So Hmm. I think that Cooper is the better runner. And I think he will beat Cole uh, Cole Hawker. There's been no data data point that says why Hawker should beat Cooper. Hmm. The only data point is he won a race that Cooper wasn't in. Like, how's that? You know, so I just think that, like, what's the Let's well, a, head to head? What beat him? Yeah. So he, he beat him a couple times in college. In the 1500. Cooper Tears 2 0 to 1500. But Hawker. What's mile? Let's do mile. Switch it to mile. What's the mile? So he's 2 0 in the 1500 against uh, Cole Hawker. In the mile, he is we're doing it. Got goddess. He is 3 0. So he is. In the fifteen hundred and or mile, he is five and zero. Oh.
1: Yeah, never loss. He is the. Yeah, so I mean, so you're taking really him no and that... picking.
0: What are you picking him for? Fourth, fifth, sixth in that range?
2: Yeah, but I just think he's going to be the top American. I think Cooper tears is top right. American, and I think it's you know. Cole, Cole Hawkins is going to have to do a lot of, a lot of. Uh, Pitching and uh, politicking to convince Cooper Tier to not run the 1500.
0: <laughs> Did you see Tears post on Instagram. Yes, it was funny. I like this. Many people may not know, including him, but Jacob Ingerbritsen and I have been rivals for years. And this Saturday we face off again. The pre-classic. Did uh, Ingerbritsen? He responded to it as well too. Um, if you want evidence that nobody understands humor in 2022, look at the uh, comments.
1: Oh, people
0: thought. He says I wouldn't call it. Yeah, well, and then says I wouldn't call this race a rivalry, but he's got the you know the emoji there, so he's like being funny back. It's like, oh, he responds. No, he's clearly joking because Ingerbritson is the Olympic champion, Olympic gold medals. I do like the hashtags that Tier put on it. Shows he's pretty self-aware. What do you say? No, no time trial, real race alert. So, I think he's paying he attention to what people are saying. Yeah, he's yeah, he reads comments. the comments. I'm with you. I like tier more in a time trial type race versus Hawker. I think Hawker's better chance to beat him would be something where it's a championship setup. I might even take tier in that setting too, but I'm especially going to go with him. Yeah, well, this thing's going to get out quick. Again, unless the weather is just crazy, but even if it is, I think they're going to go hard. Cherry is going to push it. Ingerbitz is going to push it. Ollie Horror is going to push it. Kip saying is going to push it. This thing's going to get strung out pretty quickly, is my belief. And I think that plays more to tears strength. So keep an eye on that. Final thing I want to talk about. Man, this race has layers and layers and layers. Colin Salmon, high schooler, is in this Prefontaine Classic mile. He ran 358 8 indoors. Remember the high school record, 353 by Alan Webb. Jim Ryan ran 355, Hobbs Kessler 357.6, Drew Hunter 357.8. Those are the four runners ahead of Salman on the all-time list. Do you think he's able to move up that list this weekend? Gordon, what's your prediction for Salman?
1: I
2: think he will move up the list. I don't think he's going to run 353.42. I would say it's going to be more of a 356 to 355. I think he. Could... I forgot
0: Gary Martin too. Sorry, forgot Martin on there.
2: Yeah, I was looking so, at old list. Old list. Look at you. Look at old list.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, maybe he surprises
2: us and he runs three fifty three low. But hey man, it's it's hard. It's hard to run three fifty three. I don't know about you, but I, I've never done it. So
0: no, it's hard for sure. It's
2: a very hard thing to do. Um, all joking aside, I think it's just always safer to predict not the record than the record. I mean, he ran three thirty nine in a fifteen hundred. That's that's pretty good. I mean, what does three thirty nine fifty nine convert to?
1: Like three fifty six, really quick. Three thirty nine fifty nine times 0. .108. It converts to three fifty seven. So for him to
2: knock off four seconds will be very impressive. So I think he's going to be more of three fifty
0: six, three fifty five. So you're putting him. That's where I think he's going. I think he's going to end up third all time. I think he's yeah. going to be behind Webb and Ryan, but I think I, I put him ahead of that next group. So Martin was what? 357, So you think he's going to be quicker than Martin, but slower yeah. than Jim Ryan? Yeah. Okay.
1: I saw that Gary Martin and I, Solomon
2: are running at the Brooks PR invitational, but they're not running in the same race. So Ooh. we could have Gary Martin
0: and Colin Solomon never race each other. It'd be kind of wild. Go back and forth with Mile, PB. He's he's never been in a race like this before. Now most people have never been in a race like this before, except for about fifteen dudes in the world. So, what's that competition gonna is that is it gonna be helpful or is it gonna be counterproductive? Because if they're running three fifty pace, you know, is there a second group that forms where Solomon can have somebody to run with? I remember. When Verzbekus ran that record in the two mile at pre. And he was just kind of like hanging on towards the back. That's really tough. Webb, when he ran 353, Garouge was in the race, so you know, the best guy in the world was in it. But Webb running 353 was in the mix. And he benefited from that. He benefited from being still in the race. If Solomon's running 56, 57 and these guys are running 50, uh, It'll be interesting to see, you know, are there people he can chase? You know, maybe some people will go backwards off the pack. Maybe he'll just be like, this is amazing uh, to be able to have this opportunity to run with these guys. I mean, the advantage is he's run in – he hasn't run the traditional high school schedule. Yeah. So he has more experience. This is amazing
2: while he's running around in a circle. This is amazing. I'm in the pretty classic
0: Well, Taking photos, selfies. I mean, he's the most seasoned high school distance runner we've ever had. Correct? In terms of competition against pros? I mean, I guess you could yeah. say like... I mean... I guess you could say like Kane and stuff like that. But like... Yeah. Of, of somebody who hasn't like made a world team yet, he's running a lot of high-level meets. Yeah.
1: Not that many, but...
0: Yeah. But I don't... Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Webb's senior year, he was running... He wasn't running the equivalent to the sound running meet his senior year. He no. ran No, all well, those meets didn't ran, exist. Yeah. Well, right, but he didn't – there was – I mean, I, I just think Solomon and all these high schoolers now have just more access to high-level competition. So you're saying, and I'm saying, number three all-time. You're going 56, yeah. 57. Which is incredible.
1: Yeah. this is casual. Casual number three all-time. Just casual. Yeah. All right. That's the mile. That'll be
0: exciting. What else do we got? Women's two, we got a scratch to report, Gordon. We need to do, we need Colt to be able to do drops. So we can just like a record scratch on the women's two. Whose name's missing there, Gordon? Can you see? Throw that up there for the viewers. Shawne Miller-Weibo? Yes, no Shawnee Miller-Weibo, which is a bummer. I wanted to see her versus Frazier Price. That would have been incredible. But instead, Miller-Weibo will not be there. Shelly Ann now. A clear favorite in this field. You still got a lot to look out for, especially from the U.S. perspective because this field has got a lot of Americans who could be in the mix. You want to see if anybody steps up, but this should be Shelly Ann's uh, race to lose.
1: Yeah, should be. But
2: Shelly Ann's best event is not the 200. So there is a chance that you know, it's not doesn't go perfectly for her and she can get upset, but yeah, it's her race race to lose. I'm excited to see Shanti Jackson in that field, mm-hmm. the high schooler. Uh obviously has a crazy slower PB compared to everyone else, but she's only in high school and it'll be interesting to see if she can mix it up with the big guns. Um and then I think after Frazier Price, I mean you Maybe you're hoping that one of these Americans shows up and runs like a 21 high. Mm-hmm. Looking at the the weather, that's probably not going to happen. But if one of these Americans get a really good, strong second-place finish, that'll look good for America's chances to have at least someone relevant outside of Gabby Thomas to go up against these mm-hmm. non-Americans when it comes to the world stage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Fraser Price, PB, 21. 79 fastest time in the world this year 2187 by Umboma, ophelia thomas have also gone sub 22 it's tough because the weather i don't want to make any crazy predictions but i mean she's run she's run a 10 6 high this year her third fastest 100 ever yeah sub 20 if the weather cooperated i think she could have gone 21:9. i don't think that's crazy to say just because her hundred's so fast, what do you? Th- I mean, how quick would she have to go for you to consider her a two hundred meter gold medalist? Sub potentially sub twenty
1: two.
0: Okay. In that's this weather, sub
1: twenty two.
0: Maybe the wind will be at their back. Maybe the rain will stop for a second. Clouds will part. The sun will shine down. So you're predicting wind here. You're you're predicting Lane Thompson raw in the hundreds. So you're predicting Jamaican sweep in the one and the two.
2: Yeah, and so is every
1: living being who has any sort of a brain.
0: <laughs> what sort of odds could you get for that? The uh, 100, 200 parlay. I think you're right. That's a safe bet. I thought Miller Weibo would have made it interesting because she's got a fast personal best. And I know it's not her primary distance either, but that would, it would have made it interesting, at least. But I want to see. I hope the conditions hold up because I, I want to see what sort of 200 meter shape she's in because I want to see her. At the World Championships in the two as well, I want it to be a, a strong year for the, the women's 200, um, women's 15. This is like the yo, it,
2: hold on. It's crazy when you look at Shelly Ann Fraser Price's uh, World Athletics page. Look at that: 2002 to 2022,
1: 24 so, years. It's crazy.
0: So I did this on the race breakdown this week. I talked about Fraser Price's run in Nairobi. You know she's only like 4 months younger than Bolt. Like Did we right talked about this on the pod before? No. <laughs> like they're born they're both born in 85. I think, right? Travis, you pull that up. I think they're both born in 85 or 86. Like they're they're essentially the same age. Yeah. Bolt ret- Bolt had a long career. Or, yeah, 86. She's December 86, he's like June or July or something like that. Bolt had a long career. Bolt made history. Because he went 08, 12, 16. Bolt's been retired since 2017. Five imagine years. the world. Imagine the world where you're saying Bolt is out there running 96s still. Running 19 2s. I mean, Frazier Price has run faster than she ever has these past couple of years. So imagine Bolt running faster than he ever has these last few years. And her longevity is insane and because that women's 100 record and 200 record was so far out there um she didn't get those world records i think it was safer to say those were harder to get than the men's ones but whatever she lacked in terms of records she's now making up for in terms of longevity it is crazy when you consider how quick she's running for this long
1: yeah i know bolt Stop, though, because he's like,
2: I don't want to practice anymore. It's like the ultimate. Well, he also like, was hurt. But,
0: no, no. But Bull had a long – my point is this is not a slam on Bull.
2: No. Bull, yeah. Like
0: I'm comparing her to someone who had a – because they both won gold. Their first gold, Beijing, 08. So there's a lot of similarities to that in terms of the trajectory of their career. She just kept going. His body eventually broke down or he just didn't want to do it anymore. Whatever it is, you can't really blame him because he went through three Olympic cycles. That's yeah. longer than most athletes do. And then she just kept right on going and then got faster. I just – it's just funny to think about Bolt being, like, on the circuit still, like, cranking a nine six while everybody else is running 9.8s. It's just – that's just funny to – it's like a funny mental image. Like, yep, still here. Still going. Oh, that's cool, Aaron Knighton. Watch this 19.25 I'm just going to run at the age of 35. Anyway, the race breakdown will be up on the site or on – it's on the site now. It's up on – going to be on YouTube tomorrow afternoon. I go more into detail on that. And I talk about wind and altitude conversions, so that's a lot of fun. Dive into that one. All right, so the Women's 15, I want to talk about for a couple minutes here because it – as far as I can tell, I don't want to jinx it, it didn't have any scratches, the Women's 1500. So all these other events were stacked and it's like, if you were to rank them, you might have put them ahead of the women's 15 because they just had more, I don't know, tantalizing matchups, like a Thingmo versus Keely Hodgkinson. But the women's 15 is awesome. Like, it's sneaky awesome now because you have Faith Kipiagon, the favorite. You have Laura Muir coming off the win in Birmingham. You have Sagai, world indoor champion. She's run low through 50s. Hailu was awesome at the Olympics. DeBuse Stafford, you know, she's top 10, top 5, 1500-meter runner. And then on the and then you have the and Jessica Hall for Australia who almost beat Muir. And then you got this American battle, Gordon,
1: with uh
0: courier, Saint Pierre. Who wait, hold on. Did she scratch? Yeah.
1: Saint Pierre,
2: Shannon Seeker, Josette that? Oh no, Saint Pierre sir. Corian, yeah. McGee and Sinclair Johnson.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I thought someone scratched. They did not. See, Whew. I'm worried. See, I got a lot of uh Got a lot of bad memories from, from this week of all the scratches. Yeah, so Sinclair Johnson, McGee, Norris, Osika, and then Saint Pierre. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a great race top to bottom here. So I'm just I just wanted to say women's fifteen, they appear to all be bringing it. And that makes me happy. Who do
1: you think's gonna win the race?
0: Kipia gone. Who do you think is gonna be top? Do Who
1: do you think's gonna get second? Sagai, and then I got Mirror
0: for third.
1: Who's gonna get fourth?
0: <laughs> Show me the to top fifteen. Who's the top American? Where?
2: Well will El Purier at St. Pierre will she This is her first race, right? Of the outdoor
1: season?
0: Yeah.
1: I think yeah. so. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she's on an eight hundred or something or a five K. But man, there's a lot of like
2: make or break performances that are going to come out of this Prefontaine classic that are going to let us know whether or not like we like someone, you know, it was make or break for someone like Matthew Sensuitz. And then he obviously he's having the surgery. So we know, okay, he's not a factor. You look at someone like El Piri St. Pierre, she ran an indoor DMR on April
0: 15th. That was the last race.
2: So we're like, is she healthy? Is she just waiting? And she's peaking later. Like, We don't know if they're peaking later or they're not 100%, which I'll get into a little more in my
1: Gordon Mac rant later in the podcast.
0: Oh, there's going to be a rant. forgot about
1: that. I'm interested in Norris just because what she had last year and then she makes the world championship team. She got fifth world indoors. She's got crazy potential
0: in both the 15 and the five. So, yeah internationally and domestically this is a really important race uh one other one i want to mention was women's 800 keely hodgkinson now is the clear favorite with noah thing mo again super bummed that she's not in there you also have ajay wilson raven rogers ali wilson detoya ghoul Jemariki halima Nakai in there and and sage Herda, who some people are calling gordon
1: the next Kate Grace. The next Kate Grace. I
0: mean, that's it's what I'm calling it.
2: She yeah, got fourth yeah. at the Birmingham Diamond League 800. That's something that Kate Grace would do. Kate Grace would finish fourth mm-hmm. at the Birmingham, Birmingham Diamond nah, League. She'd win it, man. Post, remember post-trials? No,
0: She's winning, won everything. That was crazy. Well,
2: like a year out. She's going to win it all next year. You know, but I think, yeah. I think Sage Charter could be the sneaky uh, third-place finisher in the eight. Or maybe even sneakily win it. Like maybe
0: a thing, is something's up. And then, you know, something crazy happens. So let's look at just the U.S. side of this, because I think we both believe Keely is going to win this race, correct? Yeah. Okay, let's just look at the U.S. descending order list this year, because I don't know about you, but the correlation, the way I look at it, the correlation between times and where they place in the 800 is obviously stronger than the 15. That's always been my belief, right? It's not as if, oh, there's a tactical championship race and all the best people don't finish that yeah. well. But it's like, you have a log jam here because you got Wilson, Allie Wilson, Raven Rogers, both at 158, Aikens at 158, Hurd at 159, McGee, 159, Whitaker, 159, Baker and Detroit at 159. You have to, th- I mean, I think Ajay Wilson's indoor gold performance is, is equivalent to that. It's worth that. Like we think she's in 158 shape. And then you... Obviously throwing a thing mode there. How many – who are you – of the women who are running this 800, let's just – let me phrase it this way. Of the women who are running this 800 for the U.S., Wilson, Wilson, Rogers, Meyer, Herda. like who do you think needs a good race to solidify their spot? Like who needs that for you, that confidence booster going into USAs?
1: Maybe, I don't know, Allie Wilson, cause like, let's be honest, like how many people are
2: thinking, if you were to go man on the street at Prefontaine Classic, <laughs> which is probably a place where everyone knows track and field, right? More people yeah. know track and field in that stadium, watching that meet, than me going down to downtown Austin, right? And if I were to interview everyone and be like, who is the fastest 800 meter runner in the U.S. right now? And I asked 100 mm. people, I bet you zero say Allie Wilson. Because mm. they'll be like, oh, it's a thing Mo. Oh, it's probably Yadjie Wilson. Oh, it's Raven Rogers, right? Because those are the names. So yeah. Allie Wilson is probably the most slept on top seed in the history of 800s.
1: So I think her doing well
2: in this race will be like, oh, oh yeah, she ran 158. And then she just got third in this Prefontaine 800. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You need to start thinking about her. So I think for
1: I think Ali Wilson is the the name to watch.
0: Good pick. All right. Yeah, I can go with that. Anything else with Pre that jumps out at you? Remember, we talked about the distance stuff and the hundreds last pod. So if you're tuning in for that, last pod is where you should go. 400 for the men. You got Michael Norman in there, Michael Cherry, Karani James. Formula hurdles. Dos Santos is there, but Ry Benjamin's not. High hurdles. For the women, a lot of big names, so that'll help sort things out. Steeple, no. women's steeple, will be I'm good. Just excited
1: for the meet to start tonight,
0: yeah, and then tomorrow. All right, one more bit of news before we get to your rant. Um, mm-hmm. This has to do with the meet tonight. Elise Cranny, who we both picked to win, we both picked mm-hmm. to win the ten thousand. Called dumb, we are. <laughs> world, cha- yeah, we should have waited a day. Ah, uh, she withdrew from the 10,000 she said she hasn't been feeling like myself in training. I love nothing more than to be out there competing for a spot on Team USA, but I just don't feel ready to compete right now. Made my decision to shift the focus to the 5K next month. So now we adjust the picks. I mean, what did I say? There was like six women who had a qualifying time that was under thirty one fifteen. So now you take Cranny out, it's five. So I had, obviously, Cranny winning, and then I had Kaladi and Monson. So I, I overlooked Schweizer. Putting Schweizer back in now. I think you had you had Enfield, correct? I did. Yeah. So I'll put Schweizer so in there with Monson. I'll put
1: Schweizer in. back in as well. Yeah. But I think I, – Yeah, we're all putting our
2: fourth-place person in the top three is what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the yeah.
2: thing. Have you ever seen an injury report that said – I haven't been feeling myself
1: in training. Has that ever been like a reason to pull out of a meet? It's kind of I haven't heard it. But she's the fastest
2: second fastest to ever run this event. And she's not gonna run because she hasn't been feeling herself. She could have easily went in and DNF'd if she wasn't feeling herself. But what what Scary situation could happen if she would have run the first mile and then recognize, yeah, I'm not myself, and then pull out. Like, why? I don't know. It seems kind of.
0: I mean, we don't know. We
2: it don't seems know. weird. Yeah, and that's a problem. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. that's a problem. Well, we shouldn't know. Well, we're not. We're not betting on it, so we don't. No, I think fans should know why their athletes aren't running. Not. It could be any. Yeah, myself. it could be any reason. The reason why I think it's different is because we have the split five and ten situation now which we've never had in recent memory. So I think if we had this setup in previous years, you probably would see more of this because they're like, wait a minute, I don't want to risk it. Whereas if it's all the same weekend, you're like, heck, I just got to go for it. Let's just run it. Let's just see what happens. And there's no possibility. Like the U S champs are in a month versus if it was any other year be hey am i going to be able to get better in 3 days. And most people are like no that's not going to make much of a difference. But now with this month break, I feel like it allows the possibility for them to be in a better spot and they don't want to go backwards. So I don't know. I mean, until we have more info on what it is, I don't want to speculate on whether it's like what the what the ramifications of it are. I just I think it's a byproduct of we we've split up these two championships. And for her, I mean, you can see it as a positive, too, that they're split up. Also, you can see it as negative because if the 10,000 was back in June, then she would have potentially been fine and been able to go for it on both of them. But, I mean, she was running really well indoors and then in that outdoor meet. Yeah. There's no positive the I mean, up. you're the second fastest ever in your event. No, I'm saying the you're positive really- is what if, if the 10 and the 5 were together, you scratch one, you're basically scratching both. That's the positive. Right, they're too. split. Not that they would have moved the 5 and the 10 up to go next to each other, but just if this happened in June is what I'm saying. Now at least she has a month to try to get get ready. But this just this more speaks to when an athlete doesn't race frequently, which is the case of a lot of athletes out there. You never know what's up. You never know the health.
1: Which is what's, a problem. Say?
0: Yeah. All right. We've got to get to internet, Coach. But first, do you want to do your rant or do you want to do your rant at the end?
1: No, we're going to do our rant now because so I'm upset.
0: All right. Put three minutes on the clock. Three minutes. for uh, Full screen, Gordon.
1: Here's the thing. All right. First of all,
2: <laughs> it's connected to what just happened with Elise Cranny saying she's not feeling herself in training. Centro posting that he's about to go under surgery or just went under surgery, and it all comes out of left field. Now, it's not out of left field for – them, their coaches, their teammates. They all knew this was coming. But the people, it's all out of left field. And that is a problem for our sport. Our athletes are our fans should not be blindsided with random scratches, blindsided with, like, oh yeah, I've been injured. That's why I ran slow. Blindsided with, oh yeah, sorry, I didn't want to get on a plane because my shoulder hurt, and then they run a day later, like Elaine Thompson, hurrah. Blindsided with, Oh yeah, I'm going to go to the Penn Relays. Allison Felix is going to go to Penn Relays. And then two days out, she's like, uh, never mind. I changed my mind. These athletes need to recognize if they want their sport, hashtag grow the sport, virtue signal, why don't people care about us? This is why. This is why people don't care about our sport is because we treat it like it's their, they treat it like, well, we can't tell anyone. We got to keep everything secret. We got to do time trials in the woods. We have to, we can't say we want to break a record because if we don't, people will make fun of us for failing. All of this shit, all of it. It all comes and like, oh, I can't tell people I'm injured. I have to keep that a secret. Well, and they kind of pretend it's like competitive advantage to keep injury secret. No one cares whether or not you're injured or not on the starting line. They're going to try to win the race. There's not been a single moment when a coach has gone to an athlete and said, don't run your own race, run the race of what everyone else is doing. It's, so there's no competitive advantage of keeping things secret. There's no competitive advantage of keeping workouts secret that doesn't exist because people run their own race when it comes down to it. But basically what I'm trying to get to, with all these scratches, with all these out of left field injuries that clearly were known months earlier, the fact that the fans are the last ones to hear about this is wrong. Now I'm not saying you need to pour out your your life secrets to all these fans and let them just know everything about your life. What I'm saying is in most major sports that actually are, quote, popular, we know when athletes are injured. We know when they're sick. We know all these things. We don't find it out last minute. We know some athlete is dealing with the hamstring injury throughout the playoffs. We don't find that out after the fact, unless you're Chris Paul where he lies and says, oh, I was injured, that's why I lost that's another story, Wow! but what I'm saying Chris is Paul,
0: getting some collateral damage.
2: What I'm saying is we need injury ports in our sport. We need this. We need to stop with this secrecy of, oh yeah, I've been dealing with this for six months and now I'm having surgery. Like people need to know what, what harm is there in telling people was there for century to tell everyone six months ago, Hey, I might have to get surgery. I'm trying to do this. We would actually. It be excited. We would be able build up the sport. Like will central run on this half torn ACL? Will he, or will he not? It would actually bring excitement to the sport. But instead we just have like, is he retired? Did he quit running? Is he out of shape? We have all these jokes and speculation. And then it's like, oh, he was hurt. And it's just like, these athletes need to learn how to write their movies better because right now it is a shitty, one star movie with this whole, like, they don't know how to do exposition, rising action, climax, fall in action, resolution. There was really bad at it. Unzoom the camera. I'm done with my rant. We need athletes to be more forthcoming with injuries for the fans to grow the sport. I hate saying that word. Grow the sport's the worst phrase ever. But
1: you get it.
0: <laughs> the close up there. That's what put it over the top for Stupid. me. Good job, Colt. Good job, Colt. On the production there. All right. You agree with Should me? go to internet coach? Do you agree with me I mean some some of it, but not all of it, but that's that'd be a whole separate rant, so let's just keep moving uh, yeah. i mean i do i I do think it's interesting athletes want to control the message more now in all sports and they have all these channels to do it, so some athletes you see are like super forthcoming they're gonna share everything on Instagram or they're gonna share everything on YouTube, and then others just aren't they're gonna go completely um dark for a long time but The reason they choose those two things um, impacts the fans, right? And you look at – I'll just broaden it to the pre-classic, the pre-classic scratches. Imagine if you bought tickets two weeks ago to the pre-classic expecting to see all these people. Now, again, you're still going to go. You're still going to see a lot of superstars. But just the amount of people scratching and a lot of those people, the chance of them competing was what? Like – when whoever put Centro's name on the list, when he had a torn ACL or a torn yeah. meniscus, <laughs> like like doing? they didn't know he was but but did but no one say that he had surgery? Like that's just that's strange to me. And I get it, athletes in all sports, there's scratches, people don't show up, whatever. But like if you're trying to make a compelling product and you're trying to build up excitement, and then we've had what are we at now with Miller Weibo? How many, how many yeah. total do we have? I mean eight, nine? big name scratches and they do their best. They fill it. They, they, they do what they can. And it's not, it's not any one person's fault here. I mean, the meat's just trying to put on the best meat they can, but as a, if you're a paying customer with the expectation that you actually want to see these athletes, you'd be frustrated rightfully so.
2: Yeah. I mean, even look at like Miller Weibo. like this is not injury related, but the fact that she jogged a 200 at the Olympics, like that was, well, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't care about that. That bothers That's me. Different. It's like, why enter it? Oh, it's my safety net for the four hundred. Well, then tell people yeah. that. Make an announcement. I'm only running this because of this, or change the rules where you're able to tell people this is my backup race. I'm not actually going to do it. And yeah, it. that's a different. That's a different thing. But but yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. people, are like oh, that's I'm our talking. sport. You know, people have backup races. But like, if we see someone purpose, it's just like. This doesn't happen in other sports. That's all I know. Anyway, let's go to Internet Coach.
0: Internet Coach. We got two submissions this week to Internet Coach. Remember, if you want to be a subject on Internet Coach, you want the great advice from one Gordon Mack or me, uh, email flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com, subject line Internet Coach. Subject line Internet Coach. Again, flowtrackpodcast at Uh, gmail.com. Colt, uh, walk us through this, Colt. What what are we going to be seeing here?
1: All right, so we got two questions today. Um, here's the first one. Anyone read it, Kev?
0: Yes. says, I was a former hurdler and thrower back in the day, and I've started coaching recently. I'm not sure how to put together workouts and drills to benefit different athletes, either hurdler or sprinter. I have a hard time giving advice to athletes when I have to work with multiple people at once. Can you give me internet coaching for my coaching? Ooh. All right, first of all.
1: Coaching a coach.
0: You got, you got to play to your strengths here. 400 hurdler. And thrower, you know a lot. That covers a lot of disciplines. When I was coaching one season, we didn't have a jump coach and we didn't have a throw coach. And some kids came out and wanted to do both, and I wasn't going to turn them away. So I would send the distance kids off to go for a run, and then I would try my best to work with those other two groups. But like you're you have an advantage because you have knowledge of both of those event groups, and then if you're forming a hurdler, you know a lot about sprinting. What do you think, so
2: my advice is I'm assuming this might be a high school coach. If it's a college coach, do not take this advice. But if it's a high school coach, take this advice. We overthink it. We overthink coaching in high school. High school athletes are 15 to 17 to 18 years old. They're going to be fine. They, the whole part, we need to coach high school runners. We need to coach them like athletes. Like you can't. There's no point in being very specific on what you're doing, because if you're trying to maximize them at age 17, they're going to be done by age 21. And so the need to worry about being, how do I handle a distance runner versus a sprinter versus a thrower versus a hurdler? You don't need to worry about that. You just need to make them all athletes. The moment of them actually becoming great is when they actually go on to college, and that's when they go in more specific this week. You just need to set them up to be extremely fit, athletic people. And then once they graduate high school, you know, they go on to go focus on something specific. You look at a lot of the best runners or mm. football players or basketball players, they all did multiple sports. You know, they all played soccer and they did a track or, you know, they played baseball, football, basketball. Like they were just athletic in high school. And so I think. This question is kind of irrelevant. I don't think you need to worry about how to handle the different types of runners. I think you need to handle them all like I'm just trying to create fit athletic people and then let the rest take care of itself.
0: That's what I think.
1: I think and you
2: healthy, need
0: to healthy folks, yeah. people who love the healthy, sport, you yeah, know, athletic. keep them coming back for more. Yeah. yeah. Have them eager to compete. Don't burn them out. That was actually don't burn them out. I mean, I don't know if that was good advice, but that was advice. So well done. All right, next one. What do all we got right. on this one, Colt?
2: This one's a little bit more involved. Um okay. get a little couple little bits of information, a video, and then got questions at the end. So race contact rules. Oh I know. This. Oh, I Submitted know this. by Connor this from Iowa. All right, read it.
0: This isn't this isn't is this an internet coaching thing or is this internet officiating thing? I saw hey, this. It's uh spin spinoff. Large, it's a all, spin-off. I'll I'll read it out here. Uh, so it says race contact rules, uh, large school 800 meter final at the Iowa State Championships. There's contact 100 meters into the race, and the runner was given a solo rerun after 4x4, and then finished third. And I'm assuming we have a, we have a video of this. Oh, oh no, here's the we results. do. Yeah, here's the results, and then okay. I'll show the video. Yeah, so the runner ran 154.62 on a our re, solo rerun, so they ended up getting. Third, and then the runner who well, you'll see it smacked him got DQ'd. But then Sorry. let's watch the v- video here. And for those of you who aren't watching, I'm sure there's you can find it. So, um, you see the 100 meter break, um, there's some jostling, and then a punch basically is thrown to the back of the head of the runner, and then he goes down. And that was the runner who was allowed to to do a rerun here. Um,
2: <laughs> That's intense. Just
0: what so do they want the us time. to rule on here? Do they want he us to rule whether the back that... of the head? Yeah, basically? but see, there was a lot of You could have ended up DQing both kids. And I so, and I, I, I I get that. uh I get that they did a rerun, and obviously the punching was way worse than all the other stuff. But I watched it a couple times. Like the the move is pretty aggressive. Yeah, there's a lot of jostling there. But what's the so
2: uh... what's the que- what's the question? Is so it we the have a question whether or not he should have been given a rerun. We have four separate questions. I'll pull the first one up here. Okay. Okay.
0: One, should we he skip have been that question?
2: Can we skip that? I won't do that one
0: last. Can you come back to it? Okay. Come
2: back to it. We'll circle back. All right, go to the question back. two. Question two.
0: Have you ever seen a conflict? Okay. No, go back the to square. the first one. Go, go back to the first
2: question. <laughs> go back to the first question. <laughs> all right. Here's You're the first connected one. connected to that. Okay. First question.
1: Should he have been awarded a rerun? I say no, because, because of
2: the context yes, if I'm a father and I am just thinking, we're just watching high school kids have fun, but no, if
1: I'm trying to watch a sport, I think he unfairly got hit, but I think we
2: can't turn track and field to a Kindergarten graduation, where everyone gets their their shine.
0: No, hold on though. I don't think the issue is should there should there be a rerun just for for anybody. I think the question is, did did he initiate contact as well too? Because I think if you're just running and you're not doing anything and you're you're completely uninvolved and you get smacked in the head and you get taken out of the race, like that sucks and you should get a rerun in that case. It's just a matter of, is there enough contact? Like, should there have been a DQ on both athletes? I think that's the question. No,
2: I think he was being aggressive. You're told to be aggressive, hold your line, get your position. He wasn't trying to ruin the guy's, like, race. The other guy was. He was trying to smack him and be like, you're out. Watch it back
0: though. I mean, I guess I would need- Fighting for position. I I would need to see more angles. I would need to see more angles of this. I would need to go yeah. and get the high def video replay. I mean, obviously there is a lot of content. To me, here's, 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 the, here's what I'm saying. If you're saying that the runner who got the rerun didn't do anything wrong and then just got hit in this way, or
1: just let's take it out of this scenario. It's the Olympic final,
0: right? And Jakob Ingebrigtsen is in the front with 100 to go. And someone smacks him in the back of the head through no fault of his own. And he's lies on the track face down. What do you do then? What would they do then?
2: You do nothing. We, we, I think we talked about this in a drive from Houston. These weird scenarios. Like, what do you do when something crazy happens in the middle of a race? And this is something that's crazy. We have to, it's the guy got screwed over, but like, we can't, say everyone who gets screwed over in sports gets to do their own little solo run. Alicia Montano okay. in the
0: 800 meter with 100 meters to yeah, go. Yeah, but that's a little it different. It's a little different. That that sucks, but put it put was it at least team. within the... Yeah, but that was at least within the bounds of like fair play. Of like, there wasn't someone maliciously trying to like end her race. I'm saying of someone waxing a Britson in the head. He didn't have any recourse at all?
2: I, I, I just think you can't... Open up that Pandora's box because, all right, let's do this then. Yo, Kevin, mm-hmm. I want yep. you to smack me with 200 meters to go. I'm going to fall if I'm not feeling it. And then I get my own race by myself later. Mm-hmm. You could collude. You could, you could have people smacking I, each other to get advanced into finals. I don't
0: think that would happen. It
2: would, right, what's oh the next goodness. question if, you, if this was a semifinal and... You'd be new that if you got smacked and fell on the ground, they would advance you. You'd be like, all right, I'm just going to run 100 meters. My friend's going to smack me. He's not as good as me. He's going to take one for
0: the team. And then I'm going to be like, hey, guys, don't, let me go to the final. That, that would I don't think teammates – I don't think this would cause teammates to start smacking each other. But all right. They will uh, if there's money the in the question?
2: line. You know?
0: <laughs> Have you ever seen a conflict resolved in this way? I mean I'm sure no. – I am i can not think of one. I'm sure there's been runoff. Like, re- I mean I'm sure there's been reruns somewhere. Issues, but I I can't think of it when it relates to like a, a DQ like this.
2: The problem is sure. it happened like outside like the 50 meter mark. Like if this happened at the 50 meter mark, you should like, stop the race. Back. But because yeah. it didn't, you can't you can't make them all run 800. I mean 920 meters. Right? You gotta draw the line and Again, he got unfairly hit. But like sometimes sports aren't fair and
0: life isn't fair. And I think that's the reality. So. All right. What's the third question? Should track and field be rewarding flops like the NBA? <laughs> see, I don't. I don't know if this is a flop. It, he did. He did. Yeah, he did start rolling on the
2: ground. There was a little bit of well, theatrics to it. Watch it again. He, he got hit in the theatrics. back of the head.
0: No one's prepared for this. I mean, I, like he loses his balance. What's he supposed to do? Oh, you see, like you see, he did an extra four rolls that did not need to happen. Come I on, no man. Maybe you I think adrenaline takes over there. You're trying not to get spiked at that point. I'm not saying he didn't have – it wasn't an issue in the beginning part of this with the contact, but I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to call it a flop. Man, we're, z- we're zigging and zagging on all these questions. We completely disagree on every single question. Here. He sold it.
2: All right, what's the last question?
0: You got hit in the head. It's not a flop you got hit in the head. Is this a response to Gordon's boxing running hybrid sport idea?
2: I mean, maybe, I mean this – if it was boxing, he wouldn't have flopped. He would have recognized – all right, got to hold my own.
1: <laughs> I, I guarantee
2: you there was a split moment in that guy's head when he got hit. And he's like, I could stay up, but I'm going to sell it because I think maybe something will happen good for me. And he got something good. Have you ever been in the
0: head while running? Have you ever been hitting the head while running? Low um. Speed? No, I don't think I have. I don't think any, there's been probably five people in the world this has happened to. This is not a thing, which that is you why see. it needs to be
2: a sport boxing, track, and field. This is,
0: this is, there was that famous clip. Uh, Hailey Gebrselassie gets punched in the back of the head in the last 50 meters. I mean, maybe Haile could talk about it, he'd be qualified to comment on what you can do. But since this never happens, I don't know if we can correctly predict how a person's body is supposed to uh, contort itself when it's on the ground. He just, he kept, he had a lot of crazy momentum and he just kept rolling.
1: But I think we can agree with this
2: the guy shouldn't have hit him. He should have been DQ'd for hitting yes, him. Yes, should not have hit him. The guy Don't hit him. Definitely sold it 150% more than what actually happened to him by doing the extra rolls. I personally believe the guy could have stayed up and finished the race. Mm. He could have, yeah, I think that. No. They should no, not have exactly. given him his own run at the end. That should not have happened. Finish. Finish the race. How are you gonna finish the race
0: after this, man? Like what? Forget how far guy. behind He's you like, are. He's like, oh, are they gonna stop it? He could've just like. It's an 800 rally. It's, it's a final. I gotta get up. An 800. I wanna see another angle. I wanna see one from the side. I wanna see the initial contact there. You're anti rerun of race is what I'm saying. Yeah. hundred percent. what I'm hearing from you. All right. Or they should've made
2: the guy decoded on the again race. They both get to run it, the DQ'd Gunner. And then they
1: get boxing gloves, and then we can see where it really goes down. That would be fun.
0: Is there a uh... – oh, I remember a rerun. Rio Olympics, 4 by one U.S. got oh, to yeah. run by themselves, remember? Because Brazil knocked the baton. Yeah. out of their Like they went out of their lane and hit the baton. Are you in favor of that? Or should they – is that just tough luck?
2: Well, the only reason they could justify doing that is because it could be about making – uh, a final, but they, if that baton drop happened in the Olympic final, they don't get a rerun to run for gold 100%.
0: Right, right, they don't, which is unfortunate.
2: Yeah, that's why sports, there's like chaos happens, people get unlucky, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying when it crosses time. over from Right, but then there's luck, and then there's someone deliberately sabotaging your race. And I think when it gets yeah, into that and it's you got level.
2: unlucky that that guy thought hitting him was a good idea. You don't know yeah. who the mental headspace of the people on the track with you. You never know. You take a risk every time. Cole, you have any thoughts in. on this?
0: Yeah, I zoomed in. The guy like fully cocks
2: back his arm. It's like full Superman punch to the back of the head. I can't. I don't yeah, think it, it's a flop.
0: It's bad. Yeah, it's it's not a no flop. It, that. It's a you can say you can say he you can say he pushed him in the beginning. You can say he shouldn't have had a rerun, but it's definitely not a flop. No, it he embellished the fall. That's what I'm saying.
2: Flop means you didn't get hit. He got hit. I'm not and he got he lost his balance and his momentum, and he might have actually fell because of it. I bu- I can believe that, but the like four rolls. Yeah, I think you was, should believe it. Stop the race for me moment. That was a he needs to make sure they saw
0: him fall. Do you think? Yeah. All right, let's. Here's a practical question. Should they stop races like this? Well, you couldn't. They would have. It
2: was 50 meters in or
0: even 100 meters in, right? The but whole... the, break, the break is at 100. So should they instead wait till they make a break to 200? Or
1: no, should they, they, they wait until. Make...
0: Into... No, no, break at 100, but wait 100 meters and then have a recall gun there.
1: No. Why is the
0: only section where they're re- – why does the restart section end right when the most chaos is about to begin? That well, they weren't in
2: lanes. They weren't in lanes in the first 100. They were together. It was oh,
0: – Or was it show more time?
2: Yeah, they weren't – they was were already of... in a pack before they – That's
0: a lot pick. of – that was a lot of people in the eight. Yeah.
2: I mean, I feel for the kid, but uh, – Let's be honest. He'll forever have this moment. He'll be able like 10 years from now when he's on a date, be like, yo, this happened to me in high school.
0: No, no. You got two alleys here. You got a group on the outside, a group on the inside. I just think with this many people, you could extend a restart out to no 150. No, because it, the, the,
2: the, it doesn't happen because of the incoming other outside lane. The people who are making the break have no impact on this event.
0: Right, but the longer you go, the more things are going to theoretically thin out. Yeah, okay, so after two hundred and ninety meters, my... we call back the race? No, I said just go to 200. Yeah, but then Here what about 201? In... What about 201 meters when the hit happens? That, you're, you're just, your arguments are not as strong as you think they are when you keep just adding one.
2: Well, <laughs> what if teammates start
0: punching each other? What saying. if there's a if mass? Like just, if you're okay with 200, why not 210 meters? I think 200 makes a lot more sense than 100. So don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Someone once told me that on the sign.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Internet coach.
0: You don't believe it anymore. podcast at gmail.com. We need more submissions for Internet coach. They don't need to be official coaches. They don't need to be, uh, you know, well, actually be anything. This was fun. Regardless. Send it. also, guess my PR, but put in the subject line, flowcheckpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, again, schedule is going to be 5 p.m. Central tomorrow for the Prefontaine Classic recap, and then no pod on Monday, and then we'll be back on Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central. That is it. Thank you to Colt. Thank you to Travis. Thank you to my co-host, Gordon, and for everybody watching and listening along. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you guys
1: tomorrow.